0: Welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast, and today we've got something really special for you. This is an encore presentation of Episode 26, Part 1, with Little River Band founding member, Beeb Bertels. And, Brad, there's a reason we're doing this
1: one as an encore presentation, right? Well, there's a couple of reasons, if you think about it. Um, one... We're going back on the road, Yes, we are. We're going to Music City. We are going to Nashville, Tennessee. Tennessee. We've got some shows. You guys are going to enjoy
0: these shows. Yeah, watch for those shows coming down the road. The other reason that we wanted to feature Beeb is not only is a good friend and was a great friend to the program early in the life of this podcast, there's some buzz. The original Little River Band is about to release an Ultimate Hits and Masterpieces Remastered CD Vinyl Set with a book, The Story of the Little River Band. So Bon Vivants and Little River Band fans, watch for that. It's out there and it's coming. By the way, if you are a music lover, and if you're a Bon Vivant, we know you're a music lover, don't forget that any time you want to access music, one of the places you can do that is your local library. You know, here in Central Missouri, we have the Missouri River Region Library. You can download, you can stream, you can order CDs, you can have a preference box set up in your name. The library is not just books anymore, right? It's not just books
1: anymore. All sorts of resources. So. That's right. That's right. The Little River Band was a was an iconic band. Oh. And we learned so much and it, we I tell you what, All of our episodes are our favorites, Yes, but we did have a bona fide rock star here at the Bon Vivant International Media Center. Yes, we did. He was the sweetest guy in the world. And a big deal for us. And Bon Vivant, I thought we should tell you, we're going to see him Be- here. So, lives in
0: Nashville. So. Bebe,
1: Bebe's right outside of Nashville. Yeah. He and his great uh, wife, Donna. And so we're going to get a chance to see them. And I'm really excited about we that. We are excited about that.
0: And we're excited about the shows to come. So thank you, Missouri River Regional Library. Thank you, Barvino, for our bottle sponsor. And uh, we're going to carry some bottles down there and sample them down there. So enjoy these encore presentations. As always, cheers. cheers.
2: So you like bold red wine most of the time With notes of fig and raisin You like a cold brew and pitching horseshoes As the sun is fading You like football games and dishing out nicknames The Godfather's One and Two But not so fast, we got a podcast We like that too We like that too. We like that too. We like that too. We like that too.
1: Hey, Bon Vivants. Welcome back to the We Like That Too podcast. This is Brad Jones coming to you, of course, from the Bon Vivant International Media Center. And joining me, of course, is the head Bon Vivant himself, Mr. Keith Enloe. Hey,
0: great to be back. This is a special episode. This is a special episode. In more ways than one.
1: It is, truly. Yeah, it really in two ways. You know, either we were going to – end the year with a bang, or we're going to begin the new year with a bang, and we're kind of doing both. We
0: are, because this is a two-part episode, 2 and Bon Vivance, you're listening to part one. Part two will launch a week from this release date, and so uh you'll want to hear it too, because our guest on this episode, who you'll hear later, teaser, is really cool, so you're going to love it. But before we get to the guest, we've got to talk about why it's important uh, what we're celebrating today, and that is it's been one year since we launched the podcast. Can you believe that?
1: I can't. I mean there's only one thing to say, Keith. Happy anniversary,
0: baby.
1: <laughs> 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 uh, well, there's
0: another little teaser, folks. Ah, uh, Sue us. So hang, oh, okay. hang around.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah Sue us. You can't get blood out of a turnip. <laughs>
1: that's, that's right. That's right.
0: <laughs> this was a labor of love. We've talked about what the impetus for this podcast was, but we got a lot of people to thank. For yeah. our one year anniversary. And first of all, I would, I think we'd both be remiss if we didn't thank our significant others, our spouses. Uh, we call them our producers. You know, Brenda has opened her home. The Bimka is down here in her basement. <laughs> she plays host to our guests. She's, she helps set up the, uh, the gorgeous photos of the wine bottles every time we do it. Janet is, uh, our editor, our photographer, our marketing person. We couldn't have done it without them. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. Plus they lend moral support and, You know, like the rest of my life, Janet is the driving force behind everything I do because she tells me what to do. And
1: they occasionally laugh at our jokes. They do. They're pretty funny. Really, really really kind of. Very kind of them. We
0: jest, we jest about them often, but uh, truly, if if it wasn't for them, we we wouldn't have uh, been able to make it through this year. So thank you, ladies. Brewer. As Donnie
1: Brewer would say, without Michelle, I'd be naked in the gutter.
0: And well, I think most of us would be like, I that. think so. We'd too. Be, if it wasn't for women, we'd be living in caves. Yeah, so. that's right. Who else do we have to thank? Uh, Matt Green, our bottle sponsor down at Barvino in absolutely downtown Jefferson City. Thank you, Matthew. You know, to kick the whole thing off, Greg Arnold with. GAA Consulting LLC, we'd would have been a lost ball in high weeds if it hadn't been for him <laughs> on the technical side. And uh, your daughter, Katie, helped us out.
1: She did. She did. She's uh, put together the uh, the actual logo, which yeah. um, I uh, – but the uh, podcast convention, I had a lot of people say – your logo's cool. I know. You've got a cool logo and you know, it's, it's, it's it's cool in its simplicity. It's so
0: pure in its simplicity. Yep. I often get comments on how cool the logo is. It, it tells is. what we are. It is. So um David Baker, David, friend of the podcast. David Baker, the maestro himself. Wrote the theme song, performed the theme song, and we got him before he became a big star, so it didn't really cost us anything yet. A a beer or a glass of wine here and there. You know, I want to thank our, our guests because these people didn't have to do our show. No. And they certainly made it fun, entertaining, we hope, educational. The show is growing. Downloads are more and more every episode. And Brad, I just want to say thanks to you. And if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't either. You've turned your Trop Rock Basement into the... Bon Vivant International Media Center. The problem is you get stuck loading and unloading the equipment all the time, and I I really feel bad about that, but not that
1: I, I wouldn't because with each time, I get quicker every time. The last time we did it, I tell you what. I can break this down with the best of them now. Uh, So it's good. And I want to thank you too, Keith, because we've just had a great time doing this. We haven't killed each other yet. You know, we made it a whole year. I went down to the podcast convention. It's really kind of interesting when you're talking to other podcasters and you say, you know what? We've got our uh, one year anniversary coming up. We've done 26 episodes to a person. They will raise an eyebrow and go, well, congratulations. You guys are doing great. Yeah. I mean I think anybody that's doing this understands the significance of how hard it is to keep it going yeah. and keep having fun doing it. And We've always gone into it with
0: the fact that if it ever gets monetized, that's fine. But that's not why we're doing it. But if there are any sponsors out there who <laughs> like to advertise <laughs>
1: <laughs> and we're still waiting That's, on that uh, We like that podcast.com. And we're still waiting on that Garth Brooks interview. So, yeah, G-Man, yeah. if you're still out there, we're, yeah, we'll so, be here for you. Yeah,
0: so. well, you know, here's here's some interesting statistics. Our downloads are increasing with every episode. We're growing at a pace that we're happy with. We are international.
1: We are so you international. Know, yes, we are international. Really has- we have the French. We have the Mexicans. We have the Canadians. And we, we have, have the United the, Kingdom. The Germans and the Germans. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we are yeah. international. We'd like to thank all of our international bon vivants out there, and uh, you know, pass us along through throughout Europe and South yes. America. We
0: have listeners in 38 states in the United States, which is which is great. Which is great. Yeah. Oregon is one of the places that has kind of surprised us we thought with the Doug Frost episode and him having the winery in Walla Walla that maybe Washington would get a kick but Oregon, we've got some fans out in Oregon
1: Oregon I can kind of see we talk about wine and stuff Wine
0: it's interesting the first episode is our most downloaded episode and that was just me and you and I think part of it is as new listeners come on then they go back and they start from the beginning so it makes sense the oldest has the most But our Yours Truly episodes do very, very well. So I say scrap the guests. It's just you and me. No, I don't believe that at all.
1: <laughs> which which is astounding to me. But, I know it is uh, me too. You know, why, why,
0: why anybody would want to listen to you and I. I don't, I don't know, know. I
1: don't know, but evidently they do. They do. And, and uh, as long as they do, we will just try to keep the content as interesting as we possibly can. Well, I and, think I think it's a good shift. Provoking. It's a
0: good change of pace. We like having guests because you and I like talking to other people and interviewing, but uh I also enjoy the yours truly shows when it's just you and me. So we'll we'll, we'll sprinkle those in every once in a while. That's sure we not going to change. Yep. And, and uh, again, most of all, Bon Vivants out there, thank you, thank you very much for supporting us through this first year, and uh, we're not done.
1: There's more to come. We've actually got some really fun stuff coming. Yeah, up. we do. Uh, we're gonna, we're probably gonna do some more remotes. And uh, since, well, we've learned, uh, since I've gotten so quick, at packing learned, this stuff. Up, yeah, yeah. we've
0: <laughs> learned we can travel. So that's right. So. We're going to kick off the first part of this two-part episode, episode 26, part one. Enjoy Bon Vivant. You're going to love it. You're going to love this one. And you know, there's actually a little bit of an ironic connection. I don't know if you've thought of it yet. First one, the big day is this is the one-year anniversary of the podcast. It is. And our guest, and we are thrilled to have him, yep. is Mr. B. Bertels, one of the founding members of the Little River Band. And one of their big hit songs was... Happy anniversary, baby. <laughs> that's all we're singing, babe. It's we're not a, doing it anymore. Apparently, uh, yeah. if, if so, apparently if you sample any part of a song, you're legally only supposed to do it if you're talking about the song. So that was a really good song, and we liked it, and so that's why we
1: did that little bit. So, in the, so okay. in, the, in, the, in the interest of of irony, here we are talking about – uh, a song with the person that made it a great hit. Right. And we can't really do it yeah. on, the <laughs> on our podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, that's because lawyers are involved, right? That's right. Beeb, welcome. Be- welcome welcome to, the show. to the show.
3: Thank you. We are Thank thrilled
0: you. to have you. And, you know, to, to set things up for our bon vivants out there, uh, Beeb has a Jefferson City connection and that's why he was gracious enough to join us today. He's back in town visiting family. Beeb married a Jefferson City girl.
3: That's correct.
1: Donna Brooks.
3: I uh, married Donna Brooks. Yeah. That's right. Of
1: the of the famous Brooks D all yeah. of them are Ds except mm-hmm. Marge. Right next door was the entire Brooks clan. Right. And I was a little shaver. Uh you were running around Australia, I believe, in pink suits That's at right. that time. <laughs> We're going to talk about, we'll about, talk that. about that a little we'll later. We'll talk about that in a minute, your, your fashion sense and the fact that you actually had the balls to put a picture of that in your book, I think shows. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so there are multiple Brooks connections. Uh, I, I went to school with your sister-in-law, Denise. I graduated with her, right. uh, the youngest of the clan. And uh Brad's mom probably taught some of those kids in school. I think mom so, had
1: Denise, yeah, because yeah. she taught there at West School, just right up the right up the road. Right, and right. Uh, oh, one of them they used to babysit me. Right, going next door was an experience. <laughs> Going to the Brooks' house was like walking into a hurricane. I mean, it was like nonstop life all right. the time. There was something always going on over there. Of course right. they had cool music, you know. Yeah. It was like going over yeah. to Burris's house. They always had yeah. the best records and they had stuff, you know, going on all yeah. the time. Yeah. But uh they were a great family. Marge was like was like another mom. She uh, they used to have great Christmases over there and right. Santa Claus
3: would come. Right. That and that, was and like, that tradition continued. After I came on the scene,
1: oh well,
0: cool, did.
3: yeah, oh All yeah, right. Father Christmas always came down the stairs, oh, to the basement.
1: How about that? Very nice. Yeah. He kind of nice. scared me at first, but well, then we got used to it, yeah. and we were like, "Hey, we go to the Brooks to see."
0: So I got to tell a story when I was when we first started connecting with Beebe, and I was inviting him to be on the show. He was a little hesitant because we talk about wine on a couple of our episodes extensively, and but he was like, "I'm not really a wine expert. I don't think I would." I, we're only going to do that briefly, Dave. That's one portion, one <laughs> bottle. We'll get to that. Neither are we. But w- another part of it – yeah, we're not experts either. Another part of it is the three top picks. And I was intrigued when I asked Beeb if he had some passions outside of music and things that interested him. The first thing he told me was family first. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so, Beeb, I want to give you a chance. Before we get into the music stuff and the history of Little River Band and, and your career – I want you to brag on your family. Tell us all about your family, your kids, your grandkids. Brad and I are new grandparents too, so oh, okay, so okay. and we love talking about. It, so I'm going to give you a chance. Tell us all about your family.
3: Well, um, it goes back to Donna, I guess, because you know we met in 1978 and we had a very brief uh, courtship, if that's the right word for it. And um, I asked her to marry me and took her back to Australia with me where uh, our two daughters were born. And this is in 1978. I think Hannah, who is now 41, uh, was born in 1980. And then Emmy, uh, my younger daughter, was born in 82. So we've always been a very close unit. Um, Every time that there was a Little River Band tour, I would always take the whole family back to the States. And so that is my connection to Jefferson City because of the fact that Jefferson City was always kind of a base for us. You know, if I did uh, a certain amount of dates on the road, then Donna and the girls would come here and stay with Margie in her house. Right. And, um, you know, and so family has always been very important to me, as is my faith. And, um, you know, um, I think the two go hand in hand. And so, um, you know, Don and I've now been married coming up to forty three years so uh it says a lot for what we both believe and, and it how, sure does. how we raise. Good
1: for you.
0: That's yeah. tough to do in normal circumstances, yeah. let alone a, a lifestyle that may be <laughs> exactly. not conducive yeah. to, uh, yeah. to that kind of thing.
3: No, especially not in rock and roll. Right, but, and rock um, and roll. And you got two, two grandsons? Yeah, we've got two grandsons now. Yeah. Hannah has two boys. Ashton is now seven and Brody is five.
0: Are they close? So. Do you get to see them frequently? Are they, are they nearby?
3: They actually live in Bend, Oregon. So it's a bit of a hike yeah, from that. Yeah, you gotta, gotta make a trip. Yeah,
0: Yeah. 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 Well,
1: congratulations.
0: We get, yes, yeah. thank
3: you. And, uh, we get to see them pretty regularly. You know, COVID put a damper on sure. things for a while, but, uh, sure. on everything. Yeah. And for they're yes. here in town
1: now.
0: Oh,
3: great. Oh, well, okay. Guys.
1: So you yeah. got, you do have everybody. Yeah. Everybody, uh, everybody's awesome. That is
0: special. Yeah. All right. That's well, again, really we're good. grateful that you carved out some time to do this and we're going to not waste that time. So, um, as the subtitle says, it's one bottle. Two friends, three top picks. So let's taste the wine first, and that way we can sample it throughout the podcast. It's okay. just our excuse
1: and, to drink for the rest of the show, baby. <laughs> it's, it's, it's merely a front. So. And, and this
0: this wine today is really in honor of you. It is a Torbrecht Shiraz, 2004. So this oh, is not I a new. I love Shiraz. Yeah, and, and this is from the Barossa Valley. Yes. One of the reasons I chose this is, um, and maybe it was the podcast you listened to that you thought we, t- all we did was talk about wine. Uh, <laughs> the judgment in Paris, the, the guy that wrote the book about that at the end of the book mentioned that it wasn't just California that changed the global perspective, but Australia was also one of those mm. regions outside of France and countries outside of France that has been recognized as changing the global wine mm. market. Barossa Valley is one of them. So um, this is a 2004. Mm. It's from Edna Valley, which is the northern part of the Barossa Valley, higher altitude. Jump in
3: there. Barossa. Barossa. Barossa Valley. Okay, thank you. And and here's another really interesting thing. I think a lot of us mispronounce that. (laughs) Yeah, well, a lot of Americans mispronounce (laughs) mispronounce that. I just
0: feel good that I'm not the only one. Barossa, thank you very much. Barossa (laughs) Valley. Okay.
3: Uh, Here's the interesting thing in relation to where I grew up in Adelaide, South Australia, and Jefferson City, um, the Barossa Valley was settled by Germans. Uh And and this area is very heavily settled by Germans too. Um, In fact, I have a suspicion that even though I was born in Amsterdam, Holland, and my real last name is Bertelkamp, I have a feeling that it may have originally come from Germany as well, that that they left Germany and went to Holland and settled there. And um,
0: yeah, the, well, the Dutch and the Germans and the they're too distantly separated on no, the, not at all the branch, not at all. you know. So,
3: but the Barossa Valley, Barossa Valley, is, okay. Is, I don't, and they produce some. I probably should know ones. my Australian
1: geography better, but south of Adelaide,
3: south of Adelaide is the ocean.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) But southern Australia is where the wine
1: region
3: is, yes.
0: Okay.
1: If you bend around the ocean.
3: Let me give you the – Thanks, B.
1: Yeah. So we're
3: looking at a map of Australia, right? So right there in the center but on the south coast is the state of South Australia, which is where my parents, when they migrated from Holland, decided to settle. And um, there's different – wine regions, the most famous being the Barossa Valley. Uh, but in Adelaide itself, Penfolds Wines is, you know… World famous. World yes, famous. Absolutely. Uh, especially for their ports you right know, because the Australians are also very connoisseurs of port, which sometimes they over here they call Porto wine, which is… That's weird to us. We just yeah. like, call it port.
0: Well, a lot of people get confused with the Shiraz and Syrah. It's the same it's grape. It's the same grape. Yeah. It's yeah. Different names yeah. in different places. Yeah. So,
3: yeah. But this one is really, really nice.
0: This is very good. Yeah. This has got a great color on it. Um, it's got a little brown on it, actually, because of the age, which is, is fine. This is a
1: 2004, mm. Keith said. So,
3: yeah. this is not a new one. It's wine. been
1: hanging out in there for
3: a while. That's why it's so good, I think. Yeah.
0: yeah. You know, our bottle sponsor, uh, Barvino in beautiful downtown Jefferson City, Matt Green, did not provide this today. We're still going to plug him, but this came out of Chateau Enloe's wine cellar, so, oh. so it's a of We Like That Too podcast, but this is a nice one,
1: smooth, mellow. This has this been is sitting gonna, in the glass a little this while. This is going to sit in this glass and get nicer and nicer and nicer, too. And,
3: and I see why you're doing this now, because it, you know you're just trying to loosen up my tongue, so... I, <laughs> Spill my go. guts with some other stories. Is though. it, is it working? <laughs> we'll see. Drink up. Couple more sips in that moment. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, well, thank you for indulging us. Uh, sure. Since
1: we thanked Matt Green, I want to thank the others that have helped us get here after a year. David Baker, who did our intro song. We, we swear we're going to add some, some more lyrics to that and it's going to be a hit song. So, you know, it okay. worked with friends, so it should work. That we like that too. Podcasts, right. so and of course you, Greg, with, Arnold with Greg, and, Greg Arnold, Greg Arnold, yep. who lives in, in the the, Nashville area, in the Nashville area. Mm-hmm. So Denmark we want to thank all yeah. those folks and all of our Bombay Vons that have stuck with us for the yes. last year, and of course our associate, associate producers. producers who do who do all the work. Yeah, the and studio audience who today. also make up the studio audience yeah. uh, most of the time. Yeah. So, Bebe, I want to ask you something. Um, I kind of alluded to it uh, back when I was living next door to the Brookses. Uh, at that time, mm-hmm. you were in Australia, right, and um wearing some pink suits That's
3: you were correct. in a yeah. you were
1: a band called Zoot.
3: I was in a band called Zoot.
1: Now, I go nuts about band names. I love band names mm-hmm. first of all, because some of them have amazing stories behind them. Mm-hmm. Some of them they walk into the studio and go, "We need to name our what are, what what 's the name of this band you know right. and they look up something and it 's no story whatsoever. yeah, the Zoot one I was a little disappointed, frankly. Okay. I didn't think it had a very good story to it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> did he really just say something short and is memorable? Yeah. What about Zoot?
3: Yeah, something short and punchy. <laughs> and something, <laughs> something that when people hear it, they'll never forget it. You know. But it actually was suggested by another musician friend of ours who was a huge fan of uh, Zoot Money's Big Roll Band, and they were in one of those English invasion. You know, the British invasion. Right. Um, a very popular group in England who didn't really have a lot of success internationally, but this guy's name happened to be Zoot Money. And, um, Mm -hmm. so this friend of ours said, you know, we had a couple of other names that weren't really, (laughs) I would say less memorable. (laughs) Um, So he's, and we had the same reaction when we first heard his suggestion. We, um, we said, well, Zoot. What, kind of what kind of a name is that, you know? And um he he went away and did his thing and then we kept tossing it around and after a while we thought, yeah, it's kind of cool, you know, it's different. It's, so, it's so memorable. We, yeah. Yeah. And so we took on the name Zoot.
1: But you didn't put your foot down and say, I'm not wearing those damn pink.
3: Well that things. came it came a little bit later, later on,
1: you know. But you guys became big. I mean now, you Zub were was yeah, a we were, big band. You were a big yeah. band in yeah. Australia. We and, were a big band. and I was surprised that uh the life was only like two and a half years though. I mean you
3: Well it was really longer than that because I started playing in probably mid sixty five or something and uh it evolved into you know, the band that it became, you know, I was a bass player back right. then and, and Rick Springfield joined as the guitar player and, but we had this image thing, this slogan called Think Pink, Think Zoot. <laughs> and, um, the reason why the, the pink came about is because we were a teeny bopper band and were- we had, Hordes of female fans, girls. As, this is all about as girls, isn't it? Springfield still does to this day. As oh, yes. Dave Baker will say, yeah. anybody
1: straps on a guitar, it's only for one reason: it's to meet girls. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, it wasn't for me. I just how know, did you I guys
1: How did you guys meet Rick? Then how did that come about? Because he went on to do rather rather well right. for himself.
3: Well, um, now those two two and a half years that you, you speak of were actually with Rick. Those are the Rick years. Yeah, those are the Rick years. The Rick Pink yeah. years. And by yeah. then we'd left Adelaide because we were an Adelaide band, right? And we'd moved to Melbourne. Melbourne, and um, you know, had our management there and everything. And we were signed to EMI as our record label, and we um, recorded an album of songs. But it really wasn't until uh, late sixties, I think. When music started changing, you know, bands like Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and uh, Led Zeppelin were coming along and here we were in our pink suits, you know, (laughs) we're thinking to ourselves, you know, we better do something, otherwise we're going to get lost in the shuffle. So we started, we, we still weren't writing our original material yet, so we took, Old songs or popular songs of the day And we would rearrange them And give them that heavier kind of feel Yeah Heavier arrangement And uh, and that's kind of how we ca- What we did with Eleanor Rigby Which was like a huge Yeah, song that was a huge that hit That was a huge yeah. hit yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it still gets played to this day
1: As Zoot, as, did you all ever leave? Did you tour then outside of Australia
3: then? No, we never did Okay We never got the opportunity We almost got signed to RCA in the states and um but there was a guy at EMI Capital who wouldn't kind of release us from our contract so it never happened and at, at that point we were at that stage of our career where we thought well what more can we do here in Australia and so we, we just split up amicably yeah and um that's when uh Rick went solo and he moved to to the states Almost immediately mm-hmm. We used to watch Rick Every yeah. afternoon In college On General Hospital That's right yeah, oh, The soap opera cool.
0: That was oh, sort of His breakthrough right. Into the yeah. acting world Yeah And uh, yeah, yeah All yeah. the girls Loved him And yeah. all the guys Wanted to have his hair <laughs> And <Right>. so <laughs> yeah. You know That was the feathered hair Yeah of the days, He had know, really so, good yeah. hair
1: Yeah Yeah,
3: yeah. Rick um, Actually had to take uh, Speech lessons for, To appear on General Hospital Because he had to lose His Australian accent Yeah so he t- he took uh, voice lessons to make him sound more, and now he sounds like he sounds more American than like like I do. I still sound a little bit like an Australian. You know. Don't lose
1: what, what, Don't lose
0: your Australian accent. Well, it's great. You've been in the music business a long time, B. What were your influences when you got into it? What got you to love music? And then, who are your musical influences? As you progressed into the the industry. I,
3: I think radio is what what caught my ear when when I started really, you know, when the, it was the late 50s, we were still listening to um, Roy Orbison and Connie Francis and, you know, I mean, the list goes on and on. But it was a lot of, uh, mainly American music that we were getting until the British invasion came along and then, but I always viewed Australia as a, a real interesting melting pot for music because we were so isolated down there and but we used to get the best music from america but also the best music from england and so it was different to you know somebody growing up in in the united states or even in england because we got the both and uh, and that i think produced eventually produced some of great uh, australian bands and, and solo artists as well
1: I suspect that this was a rather integral part of of your upbringing in your life. Is mm. you, you said you didn't go very far academically.
3: No. In other words,
1: no, you decided I'm going to go the path. This is my path. That's right. This is what my calling is and this yeah. is what I am going to do. That had to have a huge influence on you musically and your work ethic and saying, okay, if I'm not going to school – I better get really good at this and, and know right. what I'm going to do. Right. I, I just picked that up because it seems to me when in, in reading your memoirs that you were the no-nonsense kind of guy. You had fun. You went out and you did. But when it got down to the music and it got down to getting down to work, yeah. you were the one that said, straighten up, let's go. Yeah. we got, we got to get this done. Is that fairly accurate?
3: It, it is. Uh, I mean it's interesting when I look back across my life because it's certain – Places, the decisions I made, you know, eventually led me into Little River Band. But, you know, <laughs> it was actually that first band, Zoot, when we did our very, very first gig, was which was in a scout hall, and it was mostly our high school friends and everything. And um, we were so bad that <laughs> the bass player, after that one show, said, forget it, guys, I'm out of here, you know. <laughs> And so um I said to my good friend John Darcy who was an English guy. Uh, I said, "John, you know what wh- what are we going to do now? We need a bass player." And you know in this real English accent, he goes, "Well, lad, you're going to have to learn to play bass and sing at the same time." <laughs>
1: <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that. I wanted to ask you about that bass. What do you still have that bass? I done. Where is that? that done. Oh, that should be in the Rock and Roll I Hall know. of Fame. And so
3: what happened was, my father was a carpenter. Yeah, right? yeah. And I so, want to be, yeah. I want to hear this story. And, and <laughs> John, John was a smart guy, and uh, he knew where to lay the frets on the neck, and he knew about pickups and stuff. Because you played left handed yeah. yeah I, I, I'm a left handed player, sir, sir so, Paul. Right, and so, um, <laughs> my dad helped us out of plywood, helped us shape out the you know the body of a guitar, and we bought the neck and bought the frets, and John laid the frets in and and I think at that point, that's probably really when my passion for music really came alive because I was sitting in front of my record player. With this homemade bass guitar, and I had to learn the bass to every one of the songs that the band was playing.
1: Wow. Oh my gosh. And that, wow.
3: that's how I got into even playing an instrument because I was the lead singer of Zoot when it first started. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> that was the first well, question. Well, as I'm going through this book, I was like, I wonder if he still has that guitar. I know. <laughs> when I read that
0: part, and, and right. you know, we should we should tell our Bon Vivants the book we're referring to is yes. is Every Day of My Life, uh, Beebs memoirs. Yep. It is available and we will post uh, websites and links where you can purchase the book on our website. So go to the webpage and you'll find out where you can. It's a great read. It, it is still available. It, it is, is in print and it's a great read and it is not just the story of Little River Band. No. It is a deep dive into Beeb's life in music and his family life, his uh, his spiritual life and and a lot of big names in the Australian music business that he came in contact with with and worked Mm -hmm. with. And so it's a really good read, and it's a quick read. Uh, I mean, I got through it very quickly because it's very enjoyable. So we will put up that information and let uh, the Bon Vivants know where they can get that.
3: Yeah, it's cool. I got one question
0: for you, though. Does the name (coughs) Terry Lean mean anything to you? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So tell us that story. Oh, that's such
3: a funny story. (laughs) So when Zoot split up, the lead singer, who was my best friend and the lead singer of Zoot, his name was Daryl Cotton. Um, dear, dear friend. Yes, yes, very dear friend, and uh, who passed away, t- uh, what, nine, almost ten years ago now. We were approached by an advertising agency to form another group. The, the uh, They were representing a clothing manufacturer called Freeze Brothers, F-R-I-E-Z-E. <laughs> And so um, remember this now. <laughs> they came they came to us and said, Look guys, we wanna get behind you, form a group, we want it to be called Deep Freeze. <laughs> and if you can imagine Darren and I Daryl and I looked at each other like we'd just come out of think pink think zoo. Now we were gonna be called deep freeze. <laughs> Forget it, you
1: know. It's so, a whole, it's a whole fashion motif right, in your yeah, early years. Yeah, there, but being? That's,
3: that's not even the end of the story. So they had these, you know. Have you ever met advertising guys? Yes. Some of yeah. like yeah. them are pretty out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. with their ideas. So one idea was, let's call the guys in the band after a material. So Daryl Cotton, he was cool. He's good. He He's didn't have to change. Got his cotton name. covered. But <laughs> they wanted to call me Terry Lynn. Which is after the material, Terry Lane. And I was going to have a brother called Crimp. (laughs) Crimpling. Daryl and I said, you guys, we're we're going to get laughed out of the music industry. You couldn't get a seersucker in there? (laughs) Right. um, Your sister Lycra. We We promptly talked them out of it. And and, uh, we became just a duo that, that and our name was Freeze. I so. thought
1: that was a fun story. Did
0: you
3: I, have yeah. to wear?
1: Did you, did you have to wear like three piece suits? Did you go from pink jumpsuits to three piece suits then? Or?
3: No, no, they were just you know casual kind of men's suits. Okay. And, but we used to play on you know catwalks in department stores and all that sort of stuff. But it, I, I quickly got very tired of doing that, and it wasn't really what I, I really missed being in a band. I didn't like being uh, being in a. Gym. And that's
1: when you moved into Mississippi then. Right Which right. is another band name that makes no sense for a bunch of Australian guys right. to have a band name, <laughs> name, name, name Mississippi right, right. by the way uh, do you know what my favorite band name is and I I don't know if you've heard this one but it was this was a band that played down the Lake of the Ozarks oh the well Hungarians oh <laughs> best band name on the planet. Oh, Not wow. to mention all their merch possibilities oh, that they yeah, that they had. But anyway, the Well Hungarians shout out to them. That you guys. reminds
3: me of the best the best hairdressing salon name I came across here in the States on my on my travels. Yep. Curl up and die. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's great. That is great. So anyway, mm. um Mississippi. That was an existing band then, right?
3: It was. That it wasn't was, one was that a, you
1: started from scratch. No, right? but no. it was
3: another three guys from Adelaide. Yeah, you know, yeah, hometown. Yeah. Ad, Adelaide had like amazing bands come out of a town for that size. You know, how big was
1: that Adelaide?
3: Uh, maybe around a million people. Okay, it wasn't that big. It had a pretty you
1: know, big metropolitan. I mean, it had a big reach around. Yes, uh, there were a lot yes. of areas around Adelaide. A lot of areas, yeah, yeah
3: especially up and down the coast. Um, but yeah, so the three guys, and funnily enough, Graham Goble, who was one of those guys in Mississippi, he and I lived maybe half a mile apart, but we had never met. Oh, really? In Adelaide, yeah. Interesting. So he, uh, Graham, is like a master songwriter, and he had written a song called "Kings of the World," which became a top ten hit in Australia, and they got a record deal in Melbourne. And it was the uh, guy that owned that label who told them you need a new name and it's going to be Mississippi. And so they took on that name, you know, but when they had that hit, all of a sudden they thought, uh, well, we need to put a band together to go out and promote now, you know, and that's when I got the phone call from, uh, Graham's you know, asking me if I'd be interested to join.
1: I think that was a timely call, right? You were kind of...
3: It was oh, a very timely call. You were over
1: the duo thing with yeah, was, with the suits. Yeah, and, and
3: yeah. I, there was a lady at a, at a, a booking organisation who kind of took pity on me for a while because I still needed to pay rent and earn some money, and she gave me a job just answering the phones in this booking agency. And it was there that I, one day I just happened to pick up the phone and I heard this voice saying... Oh, excuse me, um I was wondering if you can put me in touch with Babe Bertels. and I was on the other end of the phone. I mean, how bizarre is that. Yes I can. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah
0: that's that's and called so, fate um, or destiny or whatever you I want know, to call it. Yeah. yeah. But you had Gismet.
3: several of those little mem
1: moments in your life.
3: I though. did, and that's the other thing I wanted to talk to you guys about was um when Zoot ended, I thought to myself, you know, I'm not really I don't feel like I'm advancing on the bass guitar. And so I stopped. I stopped playing bass and I picked up a six-string guitar and started teaching myself chords, how to play chords. And then all of a sudden I started hearing these melodies come out of these chords that I was playing. And then words came along and and that was the start of my... Because I think I started writing songs kind of late yeah. In my life, you know, but well, we've so, got
1: we've got that question.
3: Yeah, that so for so sure. let's
0: talk about your process because okay. we we've talked to other singer songwriters and and we always like to talk about the process. Okay, how do you go about it? Where's your inspiration come from, or different places? Just just kind of talk through that process for us.
3: Well, a lot of my inspiration for song titles will just come out of conversations like we're having now. Somebody will say. Drop a phrase and then I'll remember it.
0: We'll try to be profound. We'll try to be profound. <laughs> I had this yeah,
3: I had this fan in Little River Band who would always come to our shows and, and uh, you know, I had no romantic involvement with her. But um, one time we were over here and I was trying to reach her and I could never get her on the phone, you know. And then finally we connected and I said, boy, you're hard to, you know, to... Get on the phone," she said. "Oh yeah, you know, trying to find me is like nailing down the wind. Boing. Nailing, nailing down yeah. the
1: wind. Yeah. That, that nailing down the
3: wind. Wow, that's a great song I I title. So I actually wrote a Christian song. Nice. called Nailing Down the Wind.
1: So are you one of those guys that has a, has a drawer full of little pieces of paper that maybe you go back and you address it at some point? Because we, we talk, when we talk to singer-songwriters, there's, there's, I always say it's kind of like putting, you know? There's one objective, but there's lots of different ways to get about it, you know? And and some people take the lyrics and Uh then they put the music to it. Some noodle around with the the melodies and then they put the lyrics and some kind of do it, do it both, yeah. they do both at the same time yeah. But
3: Well I, I'm a big believer in That you have to put in the time So you know I try and play my guitar every day And then you know At any given moment I'll stumble Across a chord progression That I think is different Or is unique Or is uh, you know Interesting to me And then um, I'll pursue That until Pretty much I have the whole song yeah Musically And then melodies come very quickly and easy to me And then I sweat over the words You know, because that's always uh, uh, I'm very particular about what I want to say And how I say it Do you like thing. writing with other people? Um, I have written with You're other people You're in Nashville people. Which yeah. is kind of the collaboration Well, that's what drew me to the City Nashville. of the universe yeah. 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 yeah, yeah Going back to your previous question I've written both ways Sometimes people have given me a set of lyrics And I've looked at it and I've thought And I can look at a sheet of paper and say, okay, that's a verse, that's a verse, that's a chorus, definitely, and this is, oh, this could be the bridge of the song. And then I'll go about formulating it that way. And I've written some really different songs that way. Um, I think I just like the challenge of that.
1: That's a gift, being able to do that, because not everybody can look at a... Uh, lyric sheet and right. have, have something come yeah. and
3: yeah. have something we, we, well, come well, to them. It's it's the way Elton John writes, <laughs> right? So to yeah. Bernie Tobin. Bernie lyrics, gives him uh, a notebook of lyrics yeah, and he exactly. puts music to them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he does it very successfully. Yeah, him, they, so. they're
0: a pretty good, pretty successful <laughs> duo. They did okay. Yeah. They yeah. did yeah. all right. They've done right. well for themselves. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Just from a technical standpoint, right? You mentioned in the book a couple times the middle eight. Yeah The middle eight Now is that what we would call a bridge? Yeah in Okay a, In Australia
3: and right. England They call that the middle eight Okay It's usually eight bars of You know Transition Kind of yeah. a different Yeah Takes the song in a different direction yeah. Before it comes back to okay. either a verse or a chorus Yeah
0: The other thing that we were interested in, the harmonies, and these started Mm -hmm. in in Zoot and carried through in your work with Mississippi, but certainly the signature, one of the signatures of Little River Band is the three-part harmony that you and your bandmates had.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: What's the chemistry in that? How did that work? What was your part in it?
3: Okay, Um, so uh, I was a huge fan of Graham Nash because Graham Nash came out of a band called The Hollies. Right. And then he, you know, went to L.A. and then joined Crosby, Stills and Nash. And I've always likened my voice kind of like to Graham Nash's because Graham and I have the kinds of voices that have a certain cutting edge to it and uh, it it gives a a, a harmony blend that's certain something. Um, Graham Goebel explains it beautifully, I think, when he draws the comparison between us and the Eagles and the Hollies. Right. Graham says that I think we we sing more like the Hollies who sing harder, whereas the Eagles sing more naturally in a softer kind of thing. Their harmonies are unbelievable. Sure. Amazing, you know, like the Beach Boys or even the Beatles had great harmonies. But um, when Graham, Glenn and I got together in London after Mississippi broke up, um, we got together in a room like this and um, we sang the chorus to it's a long way there which is the very first song we ever recorded as as little river band and um, you know when we got to the end it's a long way there yeah and we heard the blend between our three voices and we just you know kind of looked at each other and thought wow this is we have something really magic here no you did yeah
0: and 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 here's I think you're right. I liken it to bands like the Hollies, mm-hmm. Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, right. the Eagles, in that each voice is distinctive, but when heard together, right. it almost sounds like one right person. Does that yes. make sense? It's, yeah. It blends so well that it's almost like one voice singing mm-hmm. three, four, five parts.
3: That also has a lot to do with how we worked in the studio, though, because we were – sticklers for catching each little phrase or the way the lead singer if he would fell off a note, we would fall off the note for the same length and the tightness of the harmonies is uh, what made us, you know, what we became, I think. You didn't and
1: record it, those tracks separate either, did you? You got around a you got around a on mic. The,
3: on the first album. On the first did. album you yeah. did? We on the first album. Then on then what could the second the, one too they could you From,
1: tell? I mean what? in your in your ear can you tell the fact that you recorded those separately versus all three of you around that mic doing it at the same time
3: well it became more a perfection thing i think as we got as we were able to you know record an an album for a longer am- amount of time like we could you know spend as long as we wanted to in the studio and so we we went for the perfection thing all the time and i think um because we had three, and then later four songwriters in the group, uh, we all we had such a variety of different songs. But the stamp of recognition was always those harmonies that came in, and and also the backing vocals. Graham and I sang a lot of the you know the oos and ahs and all that sort of stuff. Oh yeah, and uh,
0: well, that was another thing about Little River Band's signature sound
3: mm-hmm.
0: was, and again, you guys were at your peak in America. When I was in college, right. and I had lots of your albums, and yeah. um, this was, for a young college man, music to get lucky by. <laughs> and so, I mean, and back then, you know, you I drop know. you drop the – you, know, you need, need to take to a drink a after that. Yeah, there
1: you go. Um,
0: but no, you you could drop the – you know, LPs, so vinyl. Mm-hmm. You drop the needle. It had rhythm. It had harmonies, but it was mellow at the same time, orchestration, yeah. instrumental – Right, accompaniment. It was it was the perfect mix of yeah. of uh, well pop harmony rock
3: exactly. that kind of thing. And we were all you know none of us really had any ego as far as you know it has to be my song or else kind of thing. Uh, when we got into rehearsal studios, it was always for whatever song was voted on that we would work on. We would make that song the best arrangement that we could give it. Not only vocally, but you guys work very democratically, which Yes, amazed, we
1: did. you know, I was as I was reading through the book I was like, these guys had a great understanding of each other because most bands would have ended up killing each other by, yeah. you know, or they wouldn't have definitely lasted as long as, as you all did. Yeah. Uh, because it's got to be my song or no, you know, it's my way or the highway. There's right. usually that one guy that right. that's the way it is. Yeah. And that doesn't work for very long.
3: No, it doesn't. And, and, you know, we had a great run. I was with the band for eight years between when did I think, 75 till 83. I left in, at the end of 83. I yeah. left. When uh, and the reason I left was because the music was going in a direction that I didn't think was right for the band and the kind of vocals we were doing. And the best way that I can explain this is I always use the Bee Gees because when you the Bee Gees were another great harmony band, fantastic stuff. But then think how the music changed under the same vocals. When they hit their disco phase, Yeah, yeah. They, they then, had to adapt. and th- Right. And so, and I felt at the time I left the band, I thought, you know, Little Ruth, the band could go on for another 10 years if we changed the music underneath the vocals, you know. Yeah. and uh, But it wasn't to be. Hey, Bobby Vance, don't go away.
1: We'll be right back. Hey, Bon Vivants, you know when we like that too was launched, we knew very little about what was needed to promote the podcast online. That's right. So we turned to Greg Arnold at GAA Consulting. GAA Consulting was a lifesaver helping us get things started. Greg is a small business owner who loves helping small businesses grow. He takes the time to listen to your business goals. GAA Consulting will custom design your website and create
0: a digital marketing strategy. To help you reach those goals, every project is tailor-made
1: to meet your small business needs and preferences. And Greg can teach you to manage things yourself, or you can hand things over to him and he'll lighten your workload. You know, if your business needs help building an online presence, visit
0: gaaconsultingllc.com. That's gaaconsultingllc.com. Custom solutions for your small business needs. And thanks to Greg for sponsoring the podcast.
1: Hey Bon Vivants, welcome back. So Keith, we have had a number of great opportunities this last year to visit with some really great people and so we thought in celebration of our one year anniversary, we thought we'd put together a little top three that has to do with the top three moments that you and I kinda, kinda stick out from guests or things that have happened sure. on the show so yeah. i think it'd be kind of kind of fun and it's uh i mean every one of the shows we've done as we've mentioned was have, have been amazing but, that
0: sounds fun Let's but there's some
1: fun little things i think that, yeah. that all of us done and, and guess what i bet we have the same ones on a few of them
0: we probably will we'll use this to wrap up part one of the uh, episode 26 and then we'll get the three top picks with beeb … on part two of episode 26. Okay? So stick around, Bon Vivants. You're yeah, going to love stick that around,
1: one. Stick around. Stick so. around. All right. So three top moments of year one of the podcast. I've got to go with the very first one. You know, Aaron Hart is a DJ. She's a radio personality. She's also one of the sweetest people we've ever met. Right, right. And we said if – We totally and completely screw this thing up. At least Erin can be there to maybe help us a little bit.
0: She's a pro, so we knew she could save our bacon. That's right. Yeah.
1: That's right. And when I think back on that first show, we had no knowledge of sound. We didn't know what we were doing. We had equipment, and that was about it. That was about it. Um, Believe me, our learning curve has gone way, way up since that very first show. I would be remiss if I didn't, uh, thank Aaron for coming in and putting up with us for that very first show. It is a good show. We I had a good, turn we out. had a good
0: three top picks on that one too with influences and in country music. We so did. I've always liked that one. Before I get into my top three, I got to do some honorable mentions and I'm going to, I'm going to say all of our guests. If Every I single one out one, I'm going to leave somebody out Right. and I don't want to risk, run the risk of offending anybody. The other thing that I think are memorable moments are the diversity in the show. The title of the podcast is We Like That Too, and we did hit on everything that we like. Movies, music, entertainment, theater, food, wine, travel, you know, that kind of stuff. We, we did it. We hit it all. We did. And, um, and we're going to continue to do that. So I'm, I'm really proud that, you know, as an honorable mention, I thought the diversity of the topics and guests we're really good. So the first one I'm going to mention that I'm really proud of is we were able to go remote, and we <laughs> did it a couple of times. But we learned to take this show on the road <laughs> and do it, and you know, and we had to do it sometimes in the middle of the pandemic, and that wasn't always easy too. So I think the remote podcasts were pretty fun.
1: Well, there's no doubt that's on my list too. But the fact that we had the guts to do the first one remote with what we considered to be the the wine guru right. of all wine gurus. Right. I was I don't know about you, but I was so nervous. my oh, My hands were sure. shaking because I wanted. I was like, "Oh, this crap better work, man." I know. I mean, we've got it all plugged in. It looks like there's lights on and things are going, and we can hear out of the cans and stuff, but. We are sitting here with Mr. Doug Frost, who is absolutely internationally known, right? uh, Sommelier in his restaurant, in his in his in his in his home place, yeah, Yeah. his home field. So you know, we did we did the
0: amphitheater live outdoors. Yes, we did. uh, We've done some coming up at at the lake, Margaritaville. Yeah, Margaritaville. So I'm really proud of the fact that we know we can travel with this show. Right? That's one of my most memorable moments of the first year.
1: Well, that's a good one. I've got an honorable mention too, and uh it's these mics. <laughs> you know, here's the thing. I went down to the podcast convention and I had a pretty good idea when I went down there yeah. because I knew that they were going to have an exhibit set up of all the different mics from all the different companies oh, yeah. Vendor's and you out, were going to have a chance to listen to them and hear them in one spot. You yeah. know, you can't it's kind of hard to go to a, a music store or whatever and and get that kind of an experience. Right. So I went and talked to the Heil people and it was like this, the angels sang and everything yeah. and it was like this is going to make a difference. Fun. But I think my my number my number two one was uh again for the technical reasons, it was Gina and Eric Babin from Radio Trop Rock, who yeah. have been incredibly great to us. Sure. And we uh weren't exactly sure how to do a remote so we just kind of set a mic up put the phone up there and i've talked to people since i said yeah you just take the uh, paper towel roll and you stick it up there and you put it on top i said you got to be kidding they said no that's the way we do it and then you just level it up on your stuff
0: well and it set so, us up for being able to do the the quick turnaround remote with gina goff that's right to launch uh to help her launch the movie senior moment and so yeah being able to do not only remote we talked about Taking the, the show on the road, but being able to do it a telephone-only interview, that's a big leap. That it, was a big leap it, for us. It
1: was a big leap because it opens up our universe sure. tremendously. And, and we
0: did the same thing with Jim Burris. And, and that
1: was good. Jim Burris was actually one of my most memorable ones because for a lot of reasons. One, Jim and I went to school together. Right. I mean way – all the way back to zero. And so getting a chance to reconnect with Jim – um by the way who and- who sent us a present and we 're going to do that one on the air
0: yeah we 'll do that we
1: have a he Jim sent us a pinot ore that is just not bad. Well, Jim's so, a big wine guy. So. He's a big wine guy. We could have done the whole show just on wine, and you know what? Probably should do that. I told him, I said, next time you're in town, I want you to come down to the to the Bon Vivant International Media yeah. Center. He said, I would love to. It yeah. would be so much fun.
0: Bon Vivant's out there. The episode with Jim Burris was one of the top downloaded episodes we have. It was. That's episode number 16 if you want to go look for it.
1: To remind you, he's the senior vice president of uh, promotions for Columbia Records. Right, right. He's kind of a big who he knows a lot of people. He knows a lot of people, and he knows a lot of music, and he okay. knows a lot of wine. He's, he knows a lot of important things that are important to us.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, my second one for the one of my favorite moments – I couldn't narrow these down to individual moments, uh, and it's our three top picks category. The Bon Vivants love it, and there's a reason because, first of all, they're diverse. I think we've been very creative with some of the topics we've used for our three top picks categories. Sometimes we've been way too broad, and it makes it way too difficult, and we're learning. We're getting better. When I get feedback from the Bon Vivants that they love the stories, they love the reasons and the diversity and what we're picking and choosing, and it's one of my favorite parts of this so um I like the three top picks category.
1: I love the three top picks because we cheat, sure, and we go down the rabbit holes, and sometimes the rabbit holes are actually more fun than the actual top threes that yep. we pick in, yep. and, and that and that's where the stories and that's where the fun comes from and the foolishness. And uh, well, the other and, thing is, our we're guest, all all about the foolishness. I'll tell you the other thing it does too, Keith. I think it really kind of puts our interviewees at rest. It does um, it puts them at ease? At ease because and,
0: they tell us. That we often go off topic for our three top picks. If it's a musician, we may not do a music three top picks. We'll go, you know, off topic and they love it. Right. Because it gives them a chance to talk about something else.
1: Yep. And I've had more brain cramps working on the, working on the top three picks than anything we've done on the show. (laughs) Trying to narrow them down is sometimes nearly impossible. And then there was and then there was the the infamous moment where we were talking about musicians, what was that influential musicians or something, and you and I both came up with Mozart I mean totally pulled well, we double frequently, and I think that but but that but, one was yeah, that one <laughs> – yeah, I, I that know. one was so out of left field. I mean, you've only got the history of you know modern sound, and you and I both picked Mozart. I think for for the same.
0: I think that's one of the reasons that we uh, pair so nicely as a team is that our brains work the same way a lot, which is a scary thought. That's if you think that's about it.
1: not good for but uh, anyway, yeah,
0: yeah. It's common for us to to double on top three picks, so. My third one is again, it's sort of out there, but one of my favorite and most rewarding moments of the first year is when people, especially strangers will come up to you and say, Hey, I listened to the podcast. That was really good. I'm going to keep listening. I'm going to, and you know, friends and family, you might expect that from, but you know, if, if they see you're out at an event or you've got your, your logo wear on or you're handing out business cards for the podcast and they, they say, I listened to it. I heard about it. That's really rewarding.
1: It's amazing so. too. It takes us back because we're not used to it. I mean it's no. it's kind of one of those things you go, oh. Really? Whoa. There
0: whoa. are people out there listening to it? Want a hat? We know there are. <laughs> we, see the, we see the statistics. We yep. know people are listening. Yep. But it's nice when they tell you that they like it. It yeah. is.
1: You know, and the other thing too, I guess my third would be in one situation, we've kind of helped somebody's career along even. You know, and that's our good buddy, David Baker, you know, from some of the things that have happened to him lately, uh, musically, he has got some really good momentum going. And I, I think we kind of helped a little bit and it makes do. me feel so good because we both love him like a brother. Well, I
0: enjoy being able to help Like people like Gina Goff. She's trying to launch oh, a yeah. movie or, or Dengani Basin, you know, uh, Bailey Marias, a sure. uh, working actress, you know, Cole Payne, a producer in Hollywood the lyceum well, we're the yeah. lyceum anybody that we can help promote their thing i'm all about that you bet you know and so
1: especially pl- when it's stuff we love so much exactly we feel very passionate blacksmith about blacksmith
0: distillery who we haven't had on yet but they're on the list they're, they're on gonna the list
1: stay tuned for that
0: bon vivant that's right yeah.
1: our new little last flight brewery yeah, talk about brewing yeah, so. that's
0: exactly right so well this has been fun and again great first year very pleased stick around for part Two of episode twenty-six with B uh, you're gonna love it, and a great three-top pick category with him.
1: Well, you know we didn't mention B, but I think you and I had a a moment. That was a. It was we had a bona fide rock star. Yeah, we did in the Bon Vivant right International in in your Basement. <laughs> Bonafide Media center. You're going to hear,
0: yeah, and, you're going to hear more of that, Bon Vivants, in the second part of the you're, episode. You're so. going to, you're
1: going to love it. It'll it's, be. it's uh, entertaining and educational, Keith. Exactly, it, our goal, right. our goal. Right.
0: All right. Thanks, Bon Vivants. Thank and, you, Bon Vivants. Uh, episode twenty-six, part two, and we will see you down the road. We like that too is produced as a labor of love for the enjoyment of Bon Vivants everywhere. To get information about our bottles and links to our guests, go to our website, WeLikeThatpodcast.com. Tune in to new episodes by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, and other popular streaming apps. Please remember to rate, review, and share. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Like That
1: Podcast. So everybody, hey, remember the numbers. One bottle, two good friends, and three top picks because...
2: We Like That Too! We like that too We like that too We like that too We like that too too.